everyone, and welcome back to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we're living for mental health, love, and compassion. We're really glad you've joined us. So uh, my name is Caroline Heim, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Christian Heim. Hi there. And this is part two of a three-part series on self-harm. In today's episode, we're going to be looking at how to prepare the way out of self-harm. Know your emotions. Now, there are a lot of techniques to stop self-harm out there, and they're actually very good. What I've noticed happens is people will use them and then say that they don't work. And yes, it's true, they never work quite enough, but the underlying reason is that a person tries the technique without understanding their emotions, without being able to notice or label their emotions, and without knowing how to safely express their emotions. And because of that, it was never going to work. Because you need to be emotionally aware to be able to prepare the way out of self-harm. Self-harm is a coping mechanism to alleviate emotional distress. So the way out of self-harm will mean finding better coping mechanisms to relieve emotional distress. But first, you're going to have to understand emotions and you're going to have to understand emotional distress. And most importantly, you're going to have to understand your emotional distress. So let's do it. In this podcast, I'll talk about emotions, emotional distress, and then I'll give you a three-step process to know your emotions. And that is by noticing your emotions, labeling your emotions, and safely expressing your emotions. But I'll come back to that. Noticing your emotions and becoming emotionally aware is actually a much more difficult skill than most people realize. So let's talk about emotions. An emotion is not just a bunch of thoughts. An emotion emanates from a different area of the brain, from the limbic system. And emotions are much more connected to the body than thoughts are. Through an emotion, you can get your heart to start beating faster. It's very difficult to do that with a thought. Through an emotion, you can have adrenaline going through your whole system, as in fear or anger. A thought really can't do that. Now, we know that emotions can produce thoughts, and thoughts can produce emotions, but we've all, we all know that having a thought is vastly different to being gripped by an emotion. And because of that, we tend to distrust and even fear emotions. And what that leads to is a lot of us avoiding our emotions and staying ignorant about our own emotional life. And that's not good, particularly when it comes to self-harm, which is something that most often starts in childhood. As a child, often you experience emotions that are way beyond your capacity at that stage. So you end up experiencing an emotion, not knowing the word for it, not knowing what it means, not being able to understand it. And so you tend to fear it rather than capture it. All right. The word emote means to move out. And emotions move out of us like waves of forces. 
and they mostly arise in response to a perceived threat or a perceived benefit to your body. All right, let's take a threat. Uh, let's say you're walking down the street and um, it's a sunny day, things are going fine, but all of a sudden there's a Bengal tiger across the road from you. Uh, you live near the zoo and you gather that he's found a way out. Because you know that a Bengal tiger can tear you apart, that is a perceived threat to your body. So you will feel emotions arise in you spontaneously because of that. Fear. You may find adrenaline going through your body. You may find that whole fight or flight response start to well up in you involuntarily. doesn't matter what you think. This emotion comes up in you. Right Now, here's the thing about something like fear or anger. It wells up in you a good three or four seconds before it registers in your frontal lobe, before it registers in the thinking part of your brain, which means that you're already experiencing the emotion before you know what it is. Okay, And so we've got to do something to be able to get over that gap. All right, so let's take a situation of perceived benefit to your body. You're going to a cafe. You're going to a cafe to meet the person of your dreams. This is somebody that you have been dating for a while, and this is the time that you think is going to be right to make a commitment to each other. You're waiting in the cafe, and this other person arrives, and on seeing them, you get a rush of joy and contentment. And that is an emotion that comes over you automatically because you perceive benefit to your body. Being close to this person means that I will have love to share and happiness to share. And so the emotion comes up spontaneously because of that perceived benefit to your body. Now, the thing about emotions is if we let them, emotions can teach us something. They deepen the experience of life. They deepen our life positively, and they also deepen our life negatively. So let's say you get angry because of something that happens to you that was unjust. Something's not fair. An umpire made a bad call, and you're called out, and you know that you weren't out. So you get angry, all right? Now, if you lash out and hit the umpire, you're doing nobody any good. You're doing the umpire harm and yourself harm. But if you take your anger and you say, right, I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm determined to show that umpire how well I play. What you're doing is you are converting the anger into an emotion that we call determination. And through that, you're getting your anger to work for you, not against you. You're channeling it. You've learnt this about anger and you channel it to determination. You can learn from fear to be cautious. Okay, If you see that Bengal tiger, you stay on your side of the road while he stays on his side of the road. Fear teaches you to be cautious. And that's good for your survival, right? Because you don't want to be eaten by a Bengal tiger. Then there's the emotion of grief. When I meet somebody who's lost somebody that they love very deeply, 
they're grieving. They feel like they have a hole in their chest. And it feels awful, but the grief teaches them who they love and how much they love. And people can grieve over their cat and their dog because they love their cat and their dog. I had to say goodbye to my dog about six years ago, and I still remember what a good dog he was. He was a dog in the family for a good 12 years. And that memory still brings up grief in me. Grief, a negative emotion, teaches me how much I love. Let's get on to the technique now to gain control over how you react to your emotions. There was a three-step method. One is to notice your emotions. Two is to label your emotions. And three is to safely express your emotions. And this way, I've said it before, you get your emotions to work for you, not against you. So when you do these three things, you become emotionally aware. Notice your emotions, label your emotions, and safely express your emotions. Now, we need to do this particularly for negative emotions because they're the problem ones, right? We're usually okay with positive emotions. But because of that, you know what? We, we often take them for granted. If we were able to notice our positive emotions more and label our positive emotions more and express them more, that would actually lead to more happiness in our lives, deepen our friendships, deepen our relationships, and deepen our joy at the experience of being alive. So everything that I say about the negative emotions actually also goes for the positive emotions. Express them. But it's the negative emotions that are a problem, so let's work on them. Okay, step one. Notice the emotion. We tend actually to avoid our negative emotions because we are afraid of them. But the only bad thing about a negative emotion is that it feels bad. That's it. You'll be surprised to learn that an emotion cannot hurt you. It actually can't. It doesn't matter what your emotion you're in. If you just sit in a chair and be still, you will feel that emotion, but you can't be hurt by that emotion. It will feel bad. And it can feel really bad. But the moment you pick up a knife or a razor blade or something with which you can hurt yourself, your actions like self-harming, can hurt you. The emotion doesn't, it's your actions. So the idea is to control your action and notice the emotion. All right, so to notice the emotion, you have to ask yourself three questions. At any time of the day, you can ask yourself, how am I feeling right now? Second question, on a scale of one to 10, how strong is this emotion? Third question, am I distressed by this emotion? If you ask yourself those questions, what you're doing is you're pausing a little bit from your life to look inside your mind, to look inside your emotional life and say, what am I feeling? How strong is the feeling? Am I distressed by the feeling? Ask yourself those three questions to notice your feelings. Step two, label your emotion. Once you notice your emotion, you have to label it. Now, that means to find a word for it. And, you know, it's, it's really quite amazing just how powerful it can be to find a word for an emotion. It's like 
you go to the doctor and you tell the doctor all your symptoms and the doctor tells you, I know what you have. You have lobar pneumonia. Now, you may not be happy to have lobar pneumonia, but you're happy that the doctor has got a word for this, that people have seen it before, that we know all about it, because then we know what to do about it. You will actually find some relief in you just by getting a diagnosis. It's the same with an emotion, because if you notice an emotion, but you don't have a word for it, it's sort of like, oh, what is this? I'm grasping at the unknown. But as soon as you find a label for it, a word for it, it's like you're in control of the emotion. So let's look at a few labels for emotions. I've got eight words for positive emotions. I feel happy, excited, joyful, encouraged, content, thankful, loving, or gracious. Now that's only eight words. There are plenty more. I have 16 words for negative emotions. I feel sad, angry, jealous, annoyed, down, anxious, envious, hateful, grieved, fearful, guilty, betrayed, depressed, discouraged, ashamed, or embarrassed. Now, with those words, you label your emotion. That means you start to capture it. Now, the power in this is that you need to know the definitions, the meanings of all of those words. And I'd actually encourage you to have some sort of a file or a book that is your book, your little lexicon of emotions. Because once you get the definition of each of these emotions, you'll be able to describe your own emotions with much more accuracy. To know the difference between feeling ashamed, guilty, or embarrassed is actually vitally important to know what to do about it. But you won't know those differences if you don't know the definition of ashamed, embarrassed, or guilty. Okay? Now, the other thing is we have many more words for negative emotions than we do for positive emotions. And the reason for that is because we have much more to learn from negative emotions. So you should find that in your little lexicon of emotions that you've got at least twice as many words for negative emotions than for positive ones, because you need to know about those negative emotions for your own emotional awareness and for your own survival. These words, these labels, help you know emotions, understand them more, and capture them. And what that does is it puts you more in control of the emotion rather than having the emotion in control of you. Have a label and you feel in control. As a doctor, whenever I diagnosed lobar pneumonia, I felt in control of that disease process because I knew it. I labeled it and I knew what to do about it. If I examined somebody and by the end of that examination, I didn't know what was going on, I didn't feel as in control. I still had questions. It's the same with emotions. You will feel more in control when you've found that label. Because you are. Here's what I'm getting you to do through all of this. I'm getting you to mix your emotions with thoughts. I'm getting you to think about your emotions. And when you think about your emotions, 
you actually are more in control of your emotions already. And then you have more of a chance to actively decide what to do with that emotion and how to express it safely. That leads me to step three. We've gone through noticing your emotions, labeling your emotions. Now we're going to safely express your emotions. It may come as a surprise, but you cannot destroy an emotion. You particularly can't destroy a negative emotion. Uh, one emotion that we all kind of avoid is anger. Because in our minds, we know that anger can lead to violence. And we don't want violence to happen. So we kind of think that, okay, if I can just get rid of the anger, then nothing bad will happen. But what happens is a lot of people... They don't get rid of the anger, they deny the anger. They take the anger and they push it away from their conscious mind deep down into their unconscious mind. And then when they get more anger, they take that and push it further down into their unconscious mind. Then when you get more anger and you want to get rid of that, you push it down into the unconscious mind with the other lots of anger that are sitting there and they all get together and they fester and they gang up on you. They build and build and build until some people explode. And that's when you get the violence. That's when you get the expression of anger that is really hurtful and harmful or it becomes self-harm you get an expression of self-harm that can get really angry and really nasty. All right, so how do you safely express something like anger? Uh, this is going to sound really basic, and I'm sorry for that, but you've just got to say, I feel angry. As soon as you say, I feel angry, then the people around you know that you are in a certain emotional state. And they can do some things to help you. They can be cautious for themselves. But more importantly, once you say, I feel angry, you are in control of yourself because you know that you feel angry and you know that you've got to be cautious at that point. Same thing when I feel scared. I feel jealous. I feel distraught. I feel joyful, I feel happy, I feel so content, I feel so uplifted. Once you label an emotion and use the words, I feel, then you are expressing that emotion. It's going out of you, it's going out in the form of words. And that's actually very, very helpful because those words also go to your thinking center, to your frontal lobe. And when you see that you feel angry, then you go, oh, wait a minute, Christian, you're feeling angry. Just be very careful what you do here. What are you going to do? Let's plan your next move and let's be careful. Let's really think this through. And so sometimes you may just need to sit there and think, what am I going to do? Which is why when it comes to self-harm, one of the first things I ask people to do is when they feel that they are going to self-harm, to find their favorite chair and just sit there. Just notice the emotion, label the emotion, and then think, how can I safely express this emotion so I don't have to harm myself? 
Now, sometimes you'll be sitting in that chair for a long time, hours. I had somebody sitting in a chair for days once, aside from toilet breaks, of course, okay, because the urge was so strong. But they didn't hurt themselves while they were in control of the emotion by noticing it, labeling it, and safely expressing it. They stayed in control. They were using words. They were mixing emotions with thoughts. Learn this skill and it'll be much easier to get out of self-harm. And next post, I'll talk about five specific steps to do that. Now, some people need help getting out of self-harm. If you're one of them, then please get help. Thanks very much for listening. So don't forget to notice, label, and safely express your emotions using words.